Hi there and welcome to Expedition Company Culture. My name is Ernst and I believe your company culture is the main driver to long-term success. In this podcast, I talk to people from different sectors and roles about company culture. Together we explore different angles to identify, strengthen and share this culture and find insights for you to use. Welcome, Carmen. Thank you for having me. I think you need a proper introduction because normally my guests have like a single job title, (laughs) but um, you are a true multi-talent because if I were to describe you, I would say like today my guest is a writer, a creative producer, Mm -hmm. a DJ, Mm -hmm. a self-acclaimed sneaker queen and a storyteller. I'm even more happy for the fact that you're also uh, an anthropologist. Yes. This is so cool because this is the first time I can ask the question, what is culture and why do we have it? Oh my gosh. That's the one question I never have an answer to. I always say culture is everything and culture is nothing. It's the, it's the unwritten rules. It's uh, the things that make you like or dislike something, but you can't really name it or, or touch it. It's like the intangible like I always feel like I'm kind of cheating because I've I've only got a master's in anthropology, so I was like <laughs> I'm sure there's like true culture anthropologists that have a proper breakdown of what culture is with all theories too, because there's a lot of theories around culture, obviously. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's always yeah, it's it's the unwritten rules, it's uh, the artifacts, the things that have meaning in companies, the rituals, power dynamics. Yeah, and, and to sum it up, I always say, yeah, the things that make you like or dislike, that want, want you to belong somewhere, not belong somewhere. It's a pretty extensive answer because in the end, culture is everything, right? Yeah, or nothing. Yeah. yeah, it depends on how you see it. Yeah, yeah but that's, that's, yeah. that's a really great one because that's what I often hear is it's really hard to make your company culture tangible. We were just discussing before it. If, you're, if you give it a name, it is not true. Mm-hmm. So the moment you put a section on your website stating culture you know that you don't you, yeah. you, you won't be believing what's in there you're trying so hard <laughs> yeah, be, yeah 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 because it cannot be that and especially yeah. um when, while researching you i see that uh, that you're deep into street culture yeah. it's even more intangible because yeah. this, this is like clear rules yeah but not to be understand by outsiders right i think the same goes for company culture because mm-hmm. you can highlight i think culture just exists or happens so it's not something that can be you can try to design it you can facilitate it but it has to happen by the people by the space in the times that we live in or in the setting that you live in i think the same goes for company culture as for street culture like there's people moving around in a space doing certain things um hierarchies arise people are doing certain things for certain reasons and then together they create culture yeah. in that setting with the things that they're doing uh, by how they're interacting with one another the language that they use so i think it's all these intangible mm-hmm. things in a certain setting so it can be the street yeah which i find interesting because there's not really a hierarchy on the street it, there is in the end but it just it it shapes itself or within the company. And in the company, of course, you have like the official hierarchy, but then still, you know, that at the coffee machine, you know, that's where the real stuff happens. Yeah, and that's yeah, where yeah. people exchange ideas. So uh-huh. yeah, I think culture is, is it, it, it kind of happens everywhere in the same way. And I think the street is interesting because there's no official hierarchy. And then things just, you just see things and it's like, hmm, this is inspiring. So like on the street, you can pick your own your, your own culture you can find the crew that resembles yeah. who you are whereas uh, in companies you need to 
apply and do those yeah. same things also matter in in, in 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 the street where you like are tested if you're worthy i'm now self-employed but when i was employed i always felt that i had to fit in somewhere so mm -hmm. of course you are your you are, i've always been carmen but then certain aspects of carmen were more like i was working for the government i came from uni i was making little promotion i was doing well and I, i've been a sneakerhead since so i came in in my jordans and then my manager told me like carmen come on I was like mid-twenties. If you want people to take you serious, you should change your shoes. Because, I mean, sneakers, <laughs> and you, you look young. You even look younger than you are. I think you should, you know, wear more formal shoes. I'm very tall, so I didn't like to wear heels. Um, but I started wearing, like, the ballerina kind of shoe. And I've been wearing them for a long time. And then when I look at, back at these pictures, I'm like, that's not me. Mm -hmm. Like, that's... Like, yeah, I did it because I was kind of trying to fit in. Because my manager told me, I didn't think that people wouldn't take me serious on my sneakers, but because he told me so, I respected that. But yeah, so you kind of have to shape yourself within a culture, whereas on the streets, I mean, the streets are catwalks. So you, you wear and you do whatever you yeah. feel like, how you, what kind of bicycle you ride if you move around in Amsterdam or yeah. the shoes you're wearing or how you go about, even now with the face mask, what kind of face mask you're wearing. And I think it's very interesting. Yeah. It is really interesting for companies to look at the street to say, okay, how do we make sure that people can bring their own to work? Yeah. Um, so that we're not trying to box them in because that's in the, like in this day and age, uh, diversity is like the word that I hear the most. Uh, yeah. And to me, diversity is also um, giving a place where you can be yourself. And in earlier podcast, we had a discussion about um, company culture is excluding by default, just like... Mm -hmm. Or any culture because mm. it can only exist if some people don't want to fit in or don't yeah. fit in yeah but like the big big risk for a company is that you sometimes are excluding people that should belong to who you, who you are and what you do yeah but then the tricky bit is as well i because most of my work uh, surrounds street culture in, in Accra, capital of Ghana and, and Lagos, capital of Nigeria and here in Amsterdam, a lot in Amsterdam Southeast which is a, a dominated black suburb mm -hmm. um, so a lot of my work surrounds black culture um, so if I think of attracting different people I often think of um, white companies want to have a more uh, diverse group of people work for them f visually so um, black people people um, Latino people Mediterranean people Asian people and I always think like yeah but you also imagine imagine that I'm working in a company with with everybody looking like Ernst yeah same type of dress and then if I don't look like you that you're part that's hard I mean, yeah, you, you, people, organizations want that, but I always think like, oh, imagine that you're that one person or that, that, that those two people that yeah. are different from your, from the rest. It must yeah. be tough. Can you only have like a successful culture when you, uh, when the culture isn't dominated by one specific kind of person or is the culture by default always dominated by one group? Mm, I wouldn't say one group because maybe it's around a habit, maybe... Mm -hmm drinking coffee in the morning and have like 10 cups of coffee is like what everybody does. So that's the one thing. So if you're in a tea drink, it's like, oh, why are you drinking tea? Yeah. Or if everybody, you know, now the the ad agencies, everybody walks in in the sneakers and like nice jeans and maybe a tattoo left or right. So if you are a very formal wear yeah. person, that must be tough as well. Yeah. Um, it would be amazing if, you know, if there was really room for diversity and that everything was balanced out nicely. Yeah. yeah. 
I think yeah. like true diversity is really, really, really hard because if you have a place where every everybody belongs, like really, really, truly yeah. everybody, then there's also, okay, what differentiates you from the rest? So yeah. that's is an in interesting yeah. thought experiment. Mm -hmm. At some point you exclude some people. There's like difference between crews. I can imagine that yeah. like uh, if you're if you're a skateboarder, you fit you don't fit in with the BMX crew or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know because I'm not that deep into street culture, mm -hmm. so I'm taking a, a wild wild guess. Hopefully not offending the people uh, uh, living living in those those, those cultures. <laughs> Uh, if you're into skateboarding, you can find a skateboard crew that fits who you are. Yeah, or maybe for some people, if you are in, um, if we talk skateboards and BMX, the two in Lagos, they kind of hang together because there's only like a certain designated area where they can gather and where the police are not chasing them. Mm -hmm. And because in the context of Lagos, both subcultures share a lot of you know, values and the same struggles, they kind of bond as well. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, in Lagos, they kind of hang together and, and work together and do stuff together, though they're separate sub different subcultures. Yeah. But I can also imagine that there's people that don't mind being an outcast in a dominant culture. So yeah. imagine I live in a village and there's only like there's a skate ramp in the village and there's always the skaters there. But if I have a BMX, I'm not a skater. I'm not going to be a BMX on a skate ramp because I'm not that good yet or maybe that's not what I want. Yeah. But I'm still comfortable hanging with the skaters because... They do fit my culture, though I'm not fully part of them. So maybe me and one friend on the BMX can join them, though we are our little subculture within a yeah. subculture. Yeah. And I can imagine that happens at companies as well, that maybe if there's a lot of men working there, maybe the two or three women working there, they're fine with being only the two or three and being yeah. a subculture within a dominant subculture. Where you basically adhere to like the, the ground rules of the culture that you can still bring yourself. This is what ties us together as a group. Yeah. But there's always subcultures where people uh, from different backgrounds find each other and, yeah. and collaborate. Yeah. So that way, that's how you can create an inclusive culture that there's room for those subcultures. Yeah. Maybe not one culture can exist, but you have like an overarching culture and there's subcultures uh, living and, ex uh, and, and um, accepting each other. I think that's even, I, I love cultures. I, I love subcultures even more, I would say, because then I can still peek around the corner and be like, hey, Ernst, like, be a visitor within a subculture yeah. or get aspiration from mm -hmm. other ways of doing than your own. Still, yeah. there's like a common language that you all speak because there's like a dominance culture that you all ascribe to or that you all feel part of. That's yeah. also knowing yourself where, do, what, what, what kind of culture do I belong to? Yeah. When you're researching subcultures, you're not actually part of that culture. So how do you understand what's important to them? How do you uh, define their culture? How do you find the stories that are relevant to the people in that culture? How do you get accepted into subcultures where, where you're not really part of? Mm, I somehow am, I'm a, I'm a sneakerhead and in the subcultures. So I do like, I don't do BMX. I don't do skating. I don't have my own fashion brand. So all the people that I've been, and I'm white and, and I've been studying them in, like they're all black in West Africa. Yeah. The one thing we bond over is lifestyle somehow. So somehow our lifestyle do um, mm -hmm. connect. Sneakers, clothing, we do bond over that. So there's some shared interests that they speak. Of course, my Western white presence, my privilege might help because also if they talk to me, it's exposure for them, mm -hmm. which might lead them to like new business or new clients or anything. But I think in general, it's being open, mm -hmm. being open, observe, ask. 
everything I kind of do is like, yo, I saw this and that of you. I think it's interesting. I would like to la da la la la. I hope it interests you as well, but let's see if we can do something together. So I have my goal in mind, but also my goal is to give others a platform and um, it has to suit their agenda as well. So always verify with them. I hope they're honest because you never know. You can ask people, but you, you don't know if they speak the true mind. But yeah, observe, ask questions and, and check. Could I add on to that with whatever I'm doing? Translating it to, to, to the company that you might be working in and where you want to uncover your culture, it's like, well, delay your opinion. It's first ask the questions, get and understand everything around you instead of put it into a box or give it a label. Yeah. Start with, okay, why are you doing the things that you do? I think we, while we were talking before, you said like the main thing that I do is keep on asking why. Why? Yeah, why was, do we need this? Why yeah. do we need values? Why do yeah. we need uh, a new video? Or why do we need to have a culture section on our website stating our culture? Oh, please. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those questions, that's really, I, I think that would be the tip of this podcast is if people uh, tell you, we need to do this. Yeah. always start with why, why do we need to do this yeah. because what's the goal what's the why do we need to start working on a culture something broken or yeah. do we want to grow something everybody has goals of course. so you're trying yeah. to align the goals of, of everyone and if you're clear about it then 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 you're working together you're literally working together yeah. and take your own position into consideration as well me being a white woman in a west african that's black context mm -hmm. and a lot of um stories now are surrounded by guys so no like keeping those dynamics in mind um but also within a company if suddenly a manager walks into a floor where he or she never or hardly comes and then starts to ask around and having these chit chats with people i mean yeah, that's kind of suspicious. So just like, would you look at yourself as well in the context that you're moving around and see and think of the why and then be transparent about it. Yeah. And know, like know who you are within that context. Why do we need as, as like humans? Why do we need a culture? Why do we, do we need all those rituals and these interactions and uh, things like that? It's like to make life fun. That's life. Uh -huh. Without that, then what the heck are we doing on this planet? Yeah, it would be just practical things. We yeah, need, I think we culture is soul. It's it's love. I think culture is life. If we talk about work again, like why do people want to work somewhere? It might be the pay and everything, but it's the culture that that makes you want to work yeah. there. When I do interviews at my clients, mm -hmm. I often ask, okay, why do you work here? I would say like 80 percent of the people say for the people. Yeah. And then uh, I keep on asking because I'm saying why, 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 why. Mm. And it ends with specific elements of those people that yeah. they truly feel connected to. Just like the example that you were gave, giving, like you can connect to some subcultures because you share a genuine interest in sneakers, for yeah. example. And that's something that's part of a lot of street cultures as well. Yeah. Yeah. For my, for my personal work, I always say like, as with all the slashy things I do, there's skills I have that I can put anywhere. So you can put me in a very corporate organization. I can still have those skills and dig up certain things. Me being very not corporate with my, uh, I'm not wearing lipstick today, but normally <laughs> with lipstick, sneakers, baggy clothing, I obviously stand out. But I think you might dig up interesting things that with my presence in that setting, mm -hmm. you'll get. But then it's mainly my tools. But then in other contexts, it's skills and tools, but it's also interest or knowledge that you have. So I always balance those two. Like, is it just my tools and my presence that I put in here? Or is it my knowledge, interest and tools and presence? Mm -hmm. So it's like two different bits. So the, the work you've been mentioning, it's um, interest and, and knowledge as well. And then the tools of being able to write and being able to 
I like to believe, uh, do interviews and ask good questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do research. In this podcast, I've always been looking at the company side of things, but mm -hmm. it's also like from a, from an employee side of things, it is, do I want to work in a company where I can only use my skills mm -hmm. or do I want to work with a company where I can uh, bring my personality as well? Yeah. And if you're having a real good culture fit, mm -hmm. you can bring your own personality and you can achieve more than you would normally do. And that's like the, the cookie on two sides, like the company gets a better employee, yeah. but you as an employee get a better job because yeah. the job is more than just showing up and doing your work. Uh, it's about the connections that you can build. How it works, you, when you meet new people, with some people you start a conversation, you never stop. Mm -hmm. And with others, you just uh, say, who are you, where you're from, yeah. and uh, where yeah. you're going, and that's it. That's the chemistry. That's, yeah. not, that's there or not there. Yeah. I remember when I was working for the government, um, when I had made my little promotion, I was wearing my sneakers again because I had a different <laughs> manager and there was more freedom to do that. Yeah. Uh, I've always, I'm the type of person, if you get me, you get all of me. I don't really have a filter of, oh, this is my government, which is an interesting uh, I think it's philosopher, right? He has yeah. uh, that we all have different rules. You can. I'm a younger sister. I'm looking after my dad, so I'm a daughter as well. Uh, I'm a friend. I'm my own boss, like, and, and and have people hiring me. So all these different rules require different bits of me. Definitely yes, but at the same time, you always get all of Carmen. And I was um, working for the government, and I was sitting with my friend who also was employed, but also a governmental job. And I was texting, so it was dinner after we had dinner together. So it was like eight nine p.m. and I was texting or calling with my by then manager and she's like oh my gosh Carmen why would you do that it's after eight and oh that's not professional you're texting on whatsapp with your manager I'm like yeah that's just how we do but no that's unprofessional and I'm like for me this works and for her this works so for us it was fine we we're talking about events that were coming up and stuff we had to arrange for it yeah at first it was fine, but my friend was like, first of all, it's not the right device or tool. WhatsApp is not professional. Second of all, it's after 8 p.m. Come on, this is your free time. You're not working again. Yeah. And I was working for the government and the government in Holland is not known to have like <laughs> that much pressure of work. But I was, you know, if you haven't, you have And that really worked for me. So imagine that that manager was texting my friend. That would be a misfit because yeah. she needed a company where she could switch off, go yeah. home. And at work, she gives her work self and, that, and that's self. fine too because that's a culture and that's also what i try to teach my clients there's no right or wrong so no. we're, when we're when we're talking about hey i want to uh, send whatsapp messages to my manager at eight uh, at night mm -hmm. and that's something that's important in your work where yeah. you can bring because to you there's no start and ending time mm -hmm. of work so mm -hmm. you would probably feel comfortable doing non-work related uh, stuff during work hours as well if you know that a new yeah. sneaker will be dropped close by yeah, it'll will. be 15 minutes let me yeah. try to get this one yeah, yeah, yeah that's a, so, so, so that's also something yeah. so there's respect for everything so the people who show up at work and do their best work and go mm -hmm. home and do their best yeah. family work, yeah. I would say. Um, those are uh, as valuable. So it's not a popularity game. It's not like, oh, we all That's need all. to be like uh, mythical companies that everybody wants to yeah. work for because it's it's part of who you are because you can work at an amazing company name but mm -hmm. still feel horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And what I meant with that example is that you have to know yourself and, and your employees. So mm -hmm. you, you have to know yourself as an employee or as an employer, the company that you want to work for, that you're working in, and then what you, what, what kind of people you would want in that company. And I mm -hmm. think the culture is, is what, what will tell you what you want or need. And how would you find the essence of that culture? 
like I said, I think context is very interesting. So where am I at the moment and what's normal and what's not normal, what stands out, what's mainstream, what's not mainstream, and then digging a bit deeper. So I, I'm one of those annoying spirits that always ask a shitload of questions to everybody. I'll talk to my Uber driver. I'll talk to the vendor in the shop. I'll talk to everybody and just ask questions because I'm always like observing and, and trying to understand or trying to get more knowledge. Um, I think like, oh, this is interesting to a wider audience. And, and then I just emerge myself with them. So I hang out with them. We spend time. Um, I meet up with them again. I'm very active on social media. So I'm always keeping contact with the people that I've been talking to. I, I'm always very invested. It's hard to do a company culture project 95 where you uh, follow a predefined plan. You need, yeah. really, really, you need to be part of it. Find a way to connect with the people that you're trying to understand. Yeah. If we're talking about research and doing projects, a lot of people dive into questionnaires and interviews. Mm -hmm. But for me, the most important bit is observing. And then participant observation. Just, just Because observing is, I'm looking at you, what you're doing. And participant observation is, we're doing something together. Yeah. And then in the meantime, I'm observing and I'm keeping my eyes and ears open to see what's coming up. Yeah. But then I'm just spending time. So a lot of it requires a lot of time, I think. That's a good one because what I see like uh, in, in, in my practice, I start with a, with a couple of interviews to get like a general direction mm -hmm. of, of the culture of, of a company. And after that, I only do workshops. Yeah. So where we interact, where yeah. we uh, are questioning things. If people uh, people say something, no, this is how it is. I will be asking, do you, do you agree? And I will pull everyone in and will sometimes I even put any values on, on a screen that yeah. I made up and say, well, explain them to me. Yeah. And then I have them explain them. We always uh, cover the topic. Why don't you want to work here? What's horrible around yeah. here? Because that's also something that I find truly fascinating. Yeah. And that's something that we try to, that we shy away sometimes yeah. is the black sides of, the, of, of, of a culture. Yeah. There's also darker spots. There's things where you're Definitely. not really proud of. Yeah. But they're yeah. there and they're also, and they're, they're also attracting. Yeah. Because part of the, the bonding mechanism of the, the skater and BMX people in Lagos, mm -hmm. what you're saying, is that they have a common spot. Yeah. Because they get chased away everywhere. So that's yeah. something that's not really cool that you get chased away. But that also means that, hey, we're meeting somewhere in a safe haven together. Yeah. And then the meeting together with collaborations, more easy to find for others. So there's, yeah. Yeah. So there's also an up to a down. The always. Just like with employer branding is that uh, companies tend to just keep on polishing to, until every every uniqueness is gone. So to have like a beautiful stated uh, value set or a beautiful employer brand, whereas sometimes the true things that will get people to work with you is the horrible things. We live in the times where we want real stuff, like everything being super pretty, being, oh my gosh, from the outside, it looks amazing. We by now know that's all fake. As long as, it, as there's humans, there's flaws, there's negative stuff, there's stuff you don't like. You better embrace that and, and show it as well. That makes you real. I mean, nobody's perfect and no company's perfect. And we know that. That's where companies are struggling a lot, is that they try to influence reality or model reality towards something, some kind of ideal, where sometimes it might be way more interesting to just show your struggles. You don't have to be weak, but you can show your struggles. You can say, oh, this is what we find hard, or this is what we want to do better. Or, this is how you turn your company in something where you're working with everybody instead of just producing stuff. I think a good example, me as a content creator as well, is that's what you see online as well this year. We consume a lot of time online and 
everything that we used to consume was very pretty and perfect and oh my gosh amazing but we know by consuming it like yeah it's considered freaking ads like some some polished yeah. whatever this is not how it is and you see now in content creation that we as consumers of this content we want real stuff so we don't want super polished clips or films or whatever we want the real stuff we even now like the reality tv is like scripted reality and sometimes you see some behind the scenes stuff within that tv because that's you know that's what we want to see we, yeah. we're done with we're trying to produce stuff. the reality as well yeah. <laughs> is that, yeah and that's also the balance where you like uh show it like is to show it like it is non-edited and and, and, and ugly quote yeah. unquote yeah um very where you're trying to make it as beautiful ugly as you can yeah um and that's the struggle and that's a really interesting in launching your cultures what are you showing what is what, how do you give like a, a feel to what we're doing you are a researcher obviously but you're mm -hmm. also a content creating mm -hmm. creator how do you visualize what you saw what you observed oi mm, it all goes so naturally it's always like uh, what, what am happens? i doing yeah, yeah what, what maybe, maybe that's the yeah. answer as well yeah well, i always think like okay, this is a story what did we pick up um I say we because I hardly work alone. I always work with amazing visual people. So I have videographers, photographers. Uh, I often produce and write, but then maybe sometimes I don't even need to write and I just have to find a story. A lot of stuff I do is online. So, okay, how is the online behavior of the group of people that we're trying to target? So we have a story. What's my audience? And what's the best way to, to like frame this, this story into a product? So... Mm -hmm. Uh, for now, it's often words and images. If we want to publish it in a magazine that has a nice reach, or want to, if we try to, <laughs> it doesn't always happen if we try to publish it. Um, video lately happens a lot because we are tired of reading online. So we're working with videos. Then if the visuals of the videos are not always as sexy and nice edits of my very amazing editor, La Booms in Lagos uh, might be handy. Sometimes um, a video is like if the images and moving images are amazing, like a documentary style video works very well. So it's kind of, I listened to a podcast. I don't remember her name with another woman you don't on under that that is creating content culture yeah content around culture as well she she didn't really she she did plan on forehand but she never really knew what came out of it and that's kind of how i work as well yeah. so we just bring our gear yeah and our people go there and and just let things happen and see what comes out of it and then afterwards we see what we can do with it that is if we really want to Go for the story. Sometimes you already have a story in mind or, you know, and then of course you bring the gear or the stuff. The Some, sometimes you've seen the story before and you go, you're coming back to, uh, to record it. And sometimes the story happens in front of you. Yeah. But I yeah. think it's a good one that you're relating what you're making to the people that you're interviewing and you're, and you're trying to reach. So it's yeah. not like we start with, oh, we want to make a video. No, we start with, okay, who are we mm -hmm. as a company? If you're a truly formal uh, company, sometimes it might might make sense to write an article versus an a version yeah. an, uh, version of video yeah. because that's what your audience likes or how they want to take information or how they orient themselves yeah. on on what I think is important. And that um, you, you you're going with your culture instead of imposing your culture on the culture on, you yeah. are trying to uh, and show. we kind of analyze what um what we as consumers of content nowadays mm -hmm. want like said before uh, on linkedin i see clips popping up of of people that work for corporates they're doing i'm like oh this is so freaking boring who wants to look at this so it has to be though your company culture might be formal and maybe 
in my opinion, a bit stiff, but still make it visually in, like interesting. Um, yeah. Like we'll, especially if it's online, we don't have, we don't have patience again. Like within 60 seconds, things have to, you have to grasp me within like five seconds or two seconds. So it yeah. has to look good. Yes. Yeah. It might be very informative, but please make it look good. Just make, make it look sexy. Well, share it like a story. That's maybe what's a good one. Like yeah. you're, uh, when you're home after work and you tell your spouse about your day, you're not relaying the facts. You're no. telling the story of how your day went. Yeah. And that's how you should convey your culture to the outside world as well. Yeah. So you, you, are, you are gathering facts to understand the culture. You're talking to people. Yeah. And when you're trying to uh, make it visible, you need to go back to the story. Okay, what's the story of our, yeah. of our culture? And maybe... That's how we can make culture really tangible. We started with what is culture. I think it's yeah. a nice one to wrap up with. The st- a culture is the stories that you tell. And stories yeah. are always intangible. We're really concrete at the same time. Yeah. And the stories that are being told. Because yeah. the stories that you tell is um, what that you have control. So you bring out the stories in whatever format you like. But that's maybe like that's from the employer side or my side. But... The stories that are being told on the grounds by the people, that's also culture. It's the stories that you want to tell and the stories that other people tell. Yeah. Uh, That's a great way to end this podcast. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much, Carmen. Thank you for having me.